Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Flash Night Recovery. Morning, boys. Morning, morning. And only just through the door, Matt, so we'll, let, we'll let you in lightly. Yeah, yeah, man. That's all right. And the sun is shining. It I is think. indeed. Well, it was when I came out this morning, anyway. No, it is, yeah, it's definitely it's hot, still fine. It's, it's hot. hot. Yeah. yeah. Better stay that way, so I'm definitely washing out. How was our week? Good man. Yeah. You're also non-committal, Ronnie. It's always a good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very well. Everything's great. Because my week is so hectic, right? And I don't know what I do. Because basically, yeah. what it is, I know that every single morning I'm having to get out of my bed. It's not a case of oh, I can get out of bed now at eleven, twelve o'clock. I'm having to get out of my bed every morning, and every single night yeah. I'm going to bed. It's like twelve o'clock every night because I want a bit of time in my bed watching a film or playing me switch or something. Do you know what I mean? I want to have time. Yeah, yeah. To do them things, but the thing is, that's part of winding down. I only play this switch because it takes me more. It's like watching a film. When I watch a film, it takes me away from the world. And yeah. Bubble gum for the brain, as Neil says. Bubble gum for, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. I think it's just finding some degree of balance in what you're doing. Because if I'm doing loads of things, I need some point where I'm not doing things. Yeah. However I find it and however I do it, I've got to find some space where I just stop. Yeah. Like, not recreational drugs, but... But I do think it's important, Ronnie, the things like watching films and playing on a game or whatever, because life can get big on you, can't it? And before you know it, every week's going zip, 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 yeah. zip, zip. What's happening for me at the moment, mate? It's just flying. flying. It's good, though, in a, in a sense, it's... when you look at it as a whole, you think, well, yeah, I'm busy, I'm doing stuff, I'm making progression in my life, I'm getting bits and... If you're productive in recovery, then I don't see the problem no. with having this sense of motion all the time. Now I'm going to have to face up to this one eventually. What does it actually mean to go on holiday? Because it's so long since I've been on holiday. Yeah. I did go, only for a few days. It was different, it was nice. The first time I've been away, I went on my own as well, which was good. Fantastic. And it really gave me a sense of good old reflecting back on what the F has just gone on in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time I've sat oh my God. By, by myself thinking, whoa. I actually did that. Take stock. I've oh, had loads of them moments. So you just have a look back and you're like, and it's like what? And it's like what? I have just been on a roller coaster and I didn't. Yeah. Like, on a train, I can't get off. Yeah. That's what it's been like. I mean, I've had no choice of whether I'm doing drugs or I haven't. So I rationalise and justify to myself that I want to do them. Mm. You know well, what I mean? The amount of times I've sat there and been like, I am not using today. I've had enough of this shit. I can't do it. I mean, bam, I'm using it. I'm like, I'm saying, like how, is it, how has this happened? Have you ever, and I know you shouldn't do, but painted, like for me, when I was at 14, that's when I started picking up a drink, smoking, you know, smoking weed and stuff. And recently I've been rewinding the clock in my head to that age, thinking what would have happened if I'd have gone down the route of not picking up that split from those drinks and all that business and drugs? Ah. Where would I be now? That shit drives me crazy, yeah? Because the possibilities, they are <laughs> infinite possibilities of what could, you could be dead. Well, yeah? this is you could, like, I twist myself up doing stuff like that because I'm like, I get resentful. Because I'll think about the good stuff. I never really think about the bad stuff when it comes to that. Like, look, that isn't going to happen. No. I mean, I have to, when I speak to my sponsor, he's always like, why are you doing this to yourself, man? <laughs> <laughs> why bother? Do you know what I mean? Like, hindsight's a beautiful place to be. You know what I mean? But, like, so I, I am amused at the idea that in another dimension, yeah. there is a me that has never had a drink. Yeah. I'm living a parallel life. Yeah. Move on. And, and that this is actually possible. No, it's not possible. That wasn't my journey. My journey was to yeah. get a total train wreck and then end up eventually I end up here. Right. You but know. 
the dimension is still your journey as well because it, it is, is you. Just, I believe this, in that. But I'm not conscious of that parallel dimension. You and are. That's annoying. Well, that's annoying. I can imagine it, but I'm probably imagining something that isn't there, or the thing that is there isn't what I'm imagining. And there is a parallel dimension somewhere through that wall, but I'm not going to get to it, am yeah, I? Yeah, but you know, you know, you imagine something, and you can feel it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, mate, we still feel it. I used to think that if I carried on drinking, I would enter a parallel dimension. We did, didn't you? Which you did. I did multiple times. <laughs> Sniffing ketamine, bro. That took me to some places, bro. So at 14, let's say I didn't drink, and I would have gone on to knocking Richard Branson off his high and mighty post, and I would have been <laughs> the, the one ruling well. But no, then I thought, well, so if that would have been the Ronnie case. Ronnie Branson. Actually, that still means that now that I'm sober, I've got things are going to start working for me. And as you quite rightly say, I could have also been a banker and lost all the money and ended up on the street. You could have caused the crash in 2008 yeah, mm. yeah you could yeah. have brought bearings down instead of Nick Leeson think of all the things you might have done could be on death row in America from smuggling drugs we are in the right something. place at the right time with the right people at the right something else that can still happen man yeah I believe yeah I think like the nature of myself I, I won't speak for myself but if I put my teeth into something I'm doing it bro that's what I mean and I'm yeah. doing it full force my, my using tells me that my boxing it tells me that it's using the obsession and compulsion with awareness i'm getting stupid here this is causing me a bit of pain i need to fix up on my program but it's not dropping the program because I, I like balance you're never going to get balance Don't ask me. everything's always changing you've got to switch the balance then find the balance then lose it then find it again and lose it and it's well the conclusion is basically so Let's imagine everybody in the world never drank and all that. Yeah, yeah. They'd all be hopefully in a better place than where they are now. But we've got the advantage of becoming sober, never touching a drink. Because you imagine that most people have a drink on the weekends and, you know, it's got to have some kind of effect and make them a bit sluggish and probably less ambitious. But we are fresh people, reborn with nothing to distract our minds, no drugs, no chemicals, no nothing. So in a sense, we've got a lot of life experience and it can be put to, put to good use. If you don't come out of addiction a little bit more humbled, I know my experience has humbled me. Serious. I believe anything that's ever happened to anyone could happen to me. I don't believe I would have ever been given the chance to enjoy waking up in the morning and thanking God for letting me wake up this morning and, and spending another day on this wonderful play. I'll do that today and I'll wake up and thank God for all the things that he's given me. The small things that won't really matter to some people mean a lot to me. Oh, come on, that's not the only reason you <laughs> Nah, to be honest, bro, the reason I go to the gym is my mental health. It seriously helps. I love boxing, that's my thing. I, intense cardio and a bit of gladiatorial. Can I see you, know. you as a retarius? I'm wondering. Yeah. I could get that weird gladiatorial. Nah, I mean, like, in a metaphorical sense, and I've turned up in my leather socks. Gladiators. You know what I'm saying? I mean, unfortunately, I think gladiators have a certain image in, in film. If you look at the real history of the way that it went in ancient Rome and whatnot, actually it wasn't that dissimilar to boxing. Yeah. It's just that the culture involved Killing people dying because yeah. that's the way the Colosseum worked. But in terms of the actual act of combat, the degree of training and yeah, the degree yeah, yeah. of discipline involved, not that dissimilar really. If you want to be a boxer, you've got to be very disciplined. Mate, I'm telling you, like, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't that hard for me. Because I would push myself to the limit 
Mm. And that was normal. For me, like, the limit is never-ending. Yeah. Because you just improve. You just get better. Whether you're taking drugs, mm-hmm. or you're getting fit, or mm-hmm. you're working, whatever it is, if I'm deep in an obsession, there's no limit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But there is a limit, because I will fall off the wagon. Or, or I will get myself in a position of massive discomfort. Maybe not use, but the nature it works for me is I get suicidal thoughts quick. But what I have found is that that's my go-to, and that's been my go-to for yeah, many, yeah. many, many, many years. Since I was 12, a lot of the time I didn't act on it, yeah, but a lot of the time I did. And it's like, the neurological pathways are built in every day. Fuck, I'm just gonna kill myself, I'm just gonna use, I'm gonna kill myself, fuck, I'm gonna use. You know what I mean? Every single day for a long time, it's built up thing, and it's now it's like, bang, I get them thoughts, because I've made them thinking blocks. And now it's like, get that thought, bang. Well, that ain't gonna work, is it? Right, I'm gonna get through this. I got to ring someone, ask for some advice. Sometimes I get through it on my jacks, man, but a lot of the time I need help with it. And I'm getting humble, man. Getting humble enough to ask for help and following the suggestions when you get them. Somebody you know tells I mean? me how to do something. I always think, oh, I know better. I know a better way to do that and try and do, you know, do it quicker and get more mm. out of it. Do you know what I mean? That's always been the case. But you're right in saying, you know, our, with our addictive behaviours also showed in anything that we was doing you know, academically or job-wise or whatever, this, that and the other. But do you think you can be appropriately disciplined about things like the gym now in yeah. a way that you weren't before yeah, for sure. into I, recovery. I do go over the top a bit sometimes. Yeah, but there's a difference between sometimes and all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today is gym day. I'm having another rest day because I went hard on Sunday. And I f- today is gym day, so I'm not going to go today. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Actively thinking, right, let's change this a bit. Cause yeah, it that's what I mean by know, managing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because for me, I'm not doing it to get big or... F- I'd rather do boxing where you stay trim and you, do you know what I mean? I would like to put a bit of weight on, man. I'll be a skinny little crackhead for a long time. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really good at the cardio. I know it's not hard to be good at cardio, but I do the, not free weights, you know, the machined weights. Yeah, yeah. But it's more to get a shape back because when I came into recovery, I Yeah, was, you were a bit amorphous, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like that. But if you're trying to lose weight and get a bit of muscle yeah. as well, mm. Doing weights burns calories after you finish the gym. Cardio stops burning calories as soon as you stop cardio. Yes, it burns more calories. Yeah. So it's better to do both. I yeah. think it's still attitudinal though, isn't it? I think for it's me... Like, I'm going to go and do this, I'm going to go and do yeah. that. And like you say, I'm not doing it today because I really went at it two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, before you had some sense of attitudinal change, you do just it. thought, sorry, I've got to go today as well. When I was boxing, <clears throat> like, I was completely for three years just, just separated myself from everyone and anyone that we had to do with that life. Because I went to the pub a few times and I nearly used, you know what I mean? Mm. And I didn't want to break what I've got. So what I did do is I knew I was powerless. I knew I couldn't say no. And I knew that I had to separate myself. But I tell you what, it was so painful because I was like seven days, day in, day out, I was either doing agility training, I was either circuit training and actual boxing sessions, and I was sparring, and I was running in the mornings, 400 meter sprints and 600 meters, like doing all this stuff. And I was eating it all and I was watching videos, obsessive, obsessive, I was living it. Mm so very disciplined but it was never enough yeah i was never enough i was the hardest working member at the gym but it wasn't enough i would get thoughts if let's go have a split because it was like take me there of the what seems to be mild like let's have a drink or let's have a spliff not really grasping that I'd smoke crack or I'd Yeah, but that's the inviting hand as yeah, it? yeah. says oh it'll be all right yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah. different this time and you can control it this time so what I would do is I'd go straight down the gym. Use it, innit? I'd go straight down the gym yeah. and I'd graft 
for an hour and a half and then I'd come back and I'd feel a bit better. Yeah, I'm alright with the gym. I'm a bit of a routine person. I mean, it's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, one hour, one hour, one hour, that's it. That's all I do. So I don't do a lot of the gym because I don't really like going to the gym if I'm honest with you. It's not something that's like, yay, I can't wait to go to the gym. It's more, I've got to get myself in shape. So. But is it not part, Ronnie, of your overall reappraisal of how you live that yeah, you just... incorporate something like the gym and you make sure that you watch these films last thing at night or you play your game or you walk somewhere rather than bus it or drive it mm. and that you've changed various things in your life oh, and yeah, the gym yeah, is just part of it yeah, whereas it's, it's not an obsession well, definitely not an obsession because yeah. certainly when I was drinking mm. I would go through periods where I'd suddenly decide I'm going to get fit and I'd be obsessed and it would go bang 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 for six months Yeah, and I wouldn't drink Mm-hmm. Because it never lasted. It was always miscalibrated, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and if you're going to the gym regularly but not obsessing about how regularly, mm. it's just something that's part of your overall tapestry that you're maintaining, yeah, isn't that's it? Yeah, it, that's it. That's, that's right. Exactly right, yeah. Because I like to think of this overall picture yeah. and that the wash underneath mm. it is recovery itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything else on it mm. is part of what makes up my life now. So I've got theatre here, I've got writing here, I've got music there, I've got, mm. got you know, mm. all of that. Mm-hmm. And so long as one piece doesn't suddenly start <laughs> blocking the others, yeah. Yeah. and I get this synecdocal catastrophe where I obsess about one thing and forget about everything else, mm-hmm. which means I'm not even looking at the sober wash. Mm. So long as that doesn't happen, I'm okay. It's also keeping everything as important as everything is, isn't it? Saying so, one yeah. thing is not more important than another. You can't miss one for the other. And also, to, about having, let's say, if one of those little, little tapestry stitchy things was took out, it shouldn't have a massive effect on everything no. else. But it also goes into something we were talking about earlier, which is when I do nothing, mm. I have nothing to build on. Mm. Yeah, and definitely. this idea that all I need to do is put the drink down, I'll do it on Monday, yeah. and it's tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and I'll do it on Monday because I'll do it next year. To my shame, I've been like that about giving up smoking. I always said I'd give up when I was 50, and now here I am bargaining, thinking, well, I've got until January the 14th next year, because it's not until the 15th that I'm 51, and then technically I'm not breaking my rule, but the reality is I've not looked at a coherent plan for doing that yet. Yeah, and if I give up drinking, I go to rehab. I come out of rehab, and I make no attempt to do anything, anything. differently, add anything, subtract anything, and I just think, "Oh right, I've done it now. I'm not going to get very far, am I?" No, and also looking at the same tapestry <clears throat> every single day. If it is always the same, it starts to worry me as well. It starts to make me feel like, "Am I not getting better? Am I not improving myself?" You know, if I'm doing the is same that it? thing each and every day there does come to a point when I do have to take it back to well hang on a minute one and a half years or two years ago however long it was she was on death's door and also don't take life too serious and also have faith in God of your understanding that things yeah. will work out in the, in the right way that's the it, biggest it does tend to happen but you're just saying about I feel a bit uncalibrated at the moment mm. I feel like I'm a bit here and there I'm trying to shift stuff around I'm trying to work out what I need to do I kind of know what I need to do I need to keep my recovery first yeah. and foremost. That's yeah. what I need to do. Yeah, because that's. So yeah. I have been doing that, and I went away for the weekend to see my mum and dad, niece, nephew, mum, dad, and brothers, and the uncle. It's wicked weekend, man. These are the things I didn't take part on without, without being clean, man. And I only stayed clean through doing the work and Definitely. actively engaging in a twelve-step fellowship. But I think more importantly, Matt, what you're doing at the moment is you're doing something you've not done before. 
which is you are dealing with change in a clean and sober way as best you can. Yeah. You've got in to go to a university, which is what you really want to do. Yeah. You're trying to put as many things in place as possible to without, manage that without move, taking recovery, without losing yeah. recovery, and also to put yourself in the best possible position to cope with it. Yeah. This isn't just about the success of getting a degree. No, it's about how am I going to manage day to day in this new environment? How am I going to manage myself? How am I going to cope with everything that's presented? Because this isn't going to be like what I've had before. No, it's not. And change is a terrifying thing yeah. for us. No matter how long I've been off the source, the idea of change is something I still go. I know. Mm. For me, I can rationalisation and justification. What is going to be scary about it? But the truth is, I'm just scared. It's no one particular thing. It's more the unknown. That's what it is. Because I know for a fact that I'll be alright. I've worked out through getting clean. I am not stupid. I'm not worried that you're gonna suddenly run off with a load of undergraduates yeah. and end up on a crack binge. I'm genuinely not Fucking concerned about that. <laughs> corrupt them all, man. Yeah, exactly. I mean? but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be funny. But, <laughs> but I'm genuinely not concerned that that's going to happen. No, it's not. It's very apparent that the way you're doing it, like, i.e., you, you're still, we were speaking about this earlier, about that you're maintaining your recovery, i.e., you're staying put. Do you know what? I think everything's panned out and I've tried university using, mm-hmm. and it did not go well, mm. yeah? I was a raging addict in student halls, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one had seen anything like it before, man. No one wanted me at their parties, no one wanted, and it tapped into all that shit of not good enough and all that, and I thought, yeah. you know what, fuck yeah. you. So I was taking street life into a uni hall, and it wasn't going too well, believe it or not. And I think I can't take that whole experience into consideration this time. I can't, because I was not the same person. I believe I've completely changed in a lot of ways, maybe not all of them, but being clean alone and going in there and trying this stuff, I'm gonna do better. Let alone the therapy, let alone the steps, let alone the meetings and all the vulnerabilities I've got, let alone my sponsor, my support, you guys, man. Do you know what I mean? Coming here yeah, and doing yeah. this, getting a bit of confidence about myself, a bit of self-work. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said, man, I've never dealt with change. I've never dealt with anything clean. It's something we have to find, because I say, yeah, I jump up in the air when I hear the word change, but it doesn't take long for me to come back down nowadays the, and then say, right, okay, I've got to do this. This is something yeah. that's changing. I've got to deal with the fact that this is changing. What can I actually do? Yeah. And if it's only X that I can do, I don't worry about Y. Yeah, definitely. And for me, that whole acceptance thing is the critical process take the rooms away regardless of how I recover I have to accept where I'm at what I can do mm-hmm. and how I exist around other human beings accept. and if I accept that change is happening and I do as much as I can then I give myself the best possible chance of coping in a new situation yeah yeah and what we were talking about earlier Ronnie was yeah. what happens when people don't do that yeah I think with me sometimes I feel like the way I'm living my life right now is okay it's all right. There's no problems. There's no major issues. I could go on to live if I wanted to. I could go on to live like this forever, you know, and just yeah. die a peaceful man. Do you know what I mean? But when a change is implemented, and I'm not implementing it, is my life going to be easier? Is my life going to get worse? Is it going to make me more stressful or not? And that's what I want to know. And when t- change comes in, it then becomes I try and control it to a point where yeah, I, it needs to be my way. That I need to be as comfortable as I am now, if not better. And that's when change worries me and 
Definitely. I have to watch my reactions. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> the reactions because I know change when it's yeah. someone else's decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to accept. Look, I've got no control over this, and sometimes people make shit decisions. Ooh. So long as I yeah. try not to, it doesn't matter. And I'm not going to make a huge storm in a teacup when all that's going to do is wind everybody up. Yeah. Because see, this is my default mechanism from before. Yeah. I overreact to everything, mm -hmm. and I make it all about me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't do that these days, and actually life gets easier. Mm. And we were talking earlier about someone I knew years and years ago who went to university with what looked like a clean and sober head that didn't last very long. And a lot of what he did was around not preparing. And while he appeared to be prepared, he hadn't really prepared. I don't know if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. he does. It's like he looked on the surface oh, he's doing this, he's doing that, oh, he knows what he's going to do. It looked actually on the surface that he was engaged, that everything was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But actually in the back of his head, it was almost like he went expecting to fail mm -hmm. because he'd made this big show of doing all the right things mm -hmm. and contacting fellowships in the city concerned and all this stuff. And it all went pear -shaped. And I think what happened there was a lack of acceptance mm -hmm. of the fact that this is a change in my life I've just managed. It's going to be a monumental change. Mm. But, so I've been accepted. Funding, a go. Everything's a yeah. go. My higher power would not have done that yeah. if it wasn't meant to be. The or, funding yeah. isn't all at once, is it? I'll get it tried monthly, yes. So I'll get the tuition fee, bam. It won't pay at all. First semester, second semester, third semester. It makes the biggest payment, the last, like four grand. Yeah. But I'll get most wedge, bruv. So I'm going to use that wisely, man. I'm going to get on my equipment and I'm probably going to pay for features on beats that I've produced and try to get some... You certainly need to get your home set up up to spec. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of what you get there, you need to think about getting a home spec that, that you can really I, work. I, I think, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. It's not necessarily outside equipment, it's more plugins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because let's have it right, man. Like <coughs> You can get a MIDI keyboard and a microphone, I'm done, pretty much. You, know you can I mean? get a MIDI keyboard, an audio interface, and a microphone that will do a half decent job for 150 quid. And then everything other than that is plugins, and, and it's, it's all plugins, and, it, and they're top notch as well. And as long as you've got a decent door and, and yeah. plugins. And, and I've just had an upgrade, and on my Mac, and I've had like 16 gig plus the terabyte SSD, and that's smooth, man. That's running nice, bro. I've had no problems with that. But that's another thing. If I'm going, especially in this day and age. Nothing like when I went to university the first time. You know, 1990, there weren't any PCs, I don't think. Yeah. It was about two or three. Now you have to go in. And it was really, have I got a notebook? Whereas yeah. now, if you're going to go to university, you've got to look at the spec of your home computer. Bit it's right. really important where, because a lot of these courses, technical competence is assumed. Because kids, or really anyone under 30, and particularly under 20, they have this degree of technical competence that to me seems almost otherworldly. What children can do with like an iPad and whatnot, I'm thinking, dear God. I know, man. <laughs> I wouldn't have got my head around the screen at I that know, age. I know, I know. It's crazy when you watch them and they're just like, give them the iPad or give them the phone to shut them up and they're like this. They know where the game is and yeah. stuff like that. And like, that degree of competence is now naturally assumed because all kids have it. So the 18-year-olds coming onto your course will already have spent God knows how long working with this stuff. They might potentially just be fresh leaving college, fresh leaving their A-level music or an MVQ in music tech, or they could be doing music performance or whatever it is, and then they come on the course and they're fresh. Right, let's get to it. 
But there's a big reason why I chose this uni is one, it's in Birmingham, it's comfortable for me to stay here and to live yeah. in a dry house and be with my that's, fellows. That, that's the key that we were talking about with you, about the living in the dry house while you do it. Oh, yeah, that's massive. I have had flit and think thoughts, you know what I mean? Mm. But let's have it right, man, they're just thoughts. What I think I need to do, or what I think is beneficial, stay in there for the first year. Because yeah. let's have it right, I'm going to be coming up like time to move on. I need someone else to come through into my room, man. I can't be sitting around and mm. just building a life. I think that's a bit selfish, man. I want to finish the foundation degree and I will seriously talk to my accommodation and be like, look, I feel this way. What's your take yeah, on it? Yeah. Not just run off and be like, I'm going to save myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want yeah. to talk to them and see what they say. But at yeah. the same time, you've no. got to make sure that he's right for you. Don't feel like it's selfish that you're giving up your room because at the end of the day, you'll be, you've got to look after yourself. I'm there doing what that organisation is provided for. I'm changing my life. It'll be a brilliant chance to practice my programme in the university. I got on the bus, bro. I'm there like, well, I can't do this. I can't do this job because, and I got on the bus and they're all burning crack at the back of the bus. But it literally hit me. It does not matter what job I do no, no. because I'm going to be exposed to this stuff throughout my life. I just got to build on my recovery, build on myself and build on. We are going to be exposed to all this stuff. You're exposed to booze every time you walk into a shop. Yeah, yeah. And when I hear these people saying, Oh no, I can't walk down the, the alcohol aisle. aisle. Yeah, I'm thinking, what the fuck are you on about? Know, it's man. just an aisle with bottles in it. If you are that scared of alcohol that you won't even walk down the aisle in a supermarket, that doesn't say much for your recovery. No. Because of course I'm going to be exposed to it. Of course it's going to be around me. There's no way of totally blanking that out yeah. unless I just sit in a bubble which will rapidly become a bubble of my own bullshit. Yeah. And then I disengage from the world. And that's not recovery. That's not life. However man. you find recovery, it doesn't matter whether you find it with 12-step, ADRT, smart recovery. It doesn't matter what your thing is. You cannot disengage from the world. And you cannot say, oh, no, I can't possibly do that. Because if I can't possibly do that, and I say absolute, then I'm going to fuck up. For me, it was absolutism that made me fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink. Oh, I'm not going to drink actually meant I'm going to drink yeah. by the end of it. And every time I said, right, I'm not going to drink, what happened five minutes before the off-license closed? Mm. Whoosh! I better get it just in case I decide to drink. Just in case I decide to drink during the night because yeah. I don't want to pay the gas station prices. Yeah, the gas station. Oh, the gas and station. <laughs> I shouldn't say gas stations. No, but the amount of times I've found myself at the gas station, station, the fuel station at like but four the, in the morning is terrible. The reality is, is that <laughs> if, if I'm going to live in this absurd netherworld where I can't possibly be around alcohol, I can't get on a number 11 bus yeah. if I'm going to say there's no weed. I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's back now. And Post-Covid, it took a while, but now every number 11 stinks of weed. <laughs> and if I'm saying I can't go anywhere or I'm going to be exposed to this, that's not living. And the whole point of recovery, however you find it, is living rather than not living. Yeah. Of course it is, yeah. And if I'm getting paranoid about the idea that I might be exposed to alcohol or drugs, it's like you could have easily got this going on, Matt, with going to university. Oh, well, I can only do this, and I can only, I've got to get to lectures one minute before them, yeah. and I've got to leave immediately after, and I've got to not talk to anyone else because they might have drugs. Yeah. They might have it in their pocket, or they might be going to the pub afterwards. Mm. You can, of course, say, no, I can't, mm. if they're all going to the pub afterwards. I you can, of course, yeah. go quickly and sit down and have a lime and soda and after 20 minutes say, I've got to go, this isn't my bag. Yeah. And that's fine. They're not expecting you to yeah. stay and get pissed. But it's when I make this absolute within myself, I can't do this because it might. 
It's this bloody great what if scenario yeah. that will annihilate any sense of recovery because recovery has to come from me in a bar I'm saying no, I don't drink. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not going to actively go Keep and try going and watch in the bar, cricket and you know football I mean? yeah. when I can watch them elsewhere. Yeah. I'm not going to deliberately arrange any meeting I have with anyone on licensed premises. But if it happens to be on licensed premises, so what? Yeah. Oh yeah, because every time I go for a curry, they give us a drinks menu. It's like bottle of chardonnay. I love saying it. I'm, Bottle of Chardonnay or bottle of your finest wine and looking at everyone's face around the table. Going, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Diet Coke, that, please. I think I'm just going to be open and honest about it. Bro. Absolutely. Yeah, but look, mate, I run myself into the ground, boys or girls or whatever. I'm trying to sort my shit out. I don't care. You know what? I've got thick skin, funnily yeah, enough. Yeah, Through yeah, the yeah. years, I've developed thick skin, mate. Someone said it you to know, me the other say, day. Like, said, um, why don't you drink? And I just said, trust me. You do not want to see me drink. You do not want to see me drink. Because this is what will happen if I drink. Just say, I'm allergic to alcohol. <laughs> so why don't you drink? Because I smoke crack when I drink. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just shut the conversation down. Like, because when, when I drink, I make Mr. Jekyll turning into Mr. Hyde look like the teddy bear's... Yeah, 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 That's what well. happens if I drink. <laughs> to be fair, though, like for me... Drinking, it wasn't my problem, but every time I drink, I'd end up smoking crack. crack and hurting yeah, and so, hurting so it kind know, of it. was a problem. Yeah. Never, yeah. never. From the time they'd see me, they would reimburse my bullshit by saying, yeah. Well, you weren't that bad, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but they, yeah, but they yeah, didn't know yeah. oh, the six days after that, yeah. I was sat in over Robin for great lies. Because yeah. I used to go on work dues, and as soon as I got a managerial position, I would use that as a means to make my excuses so that they never saw me get drunk. And then, of course, I go and finish the job. Yeah, yeah. And so nobody thinks that you're a raging drunk. I know. If they're not seeing you as a I raging know. drunk. And it's this great lie I tell myself that actually I can do it because I can go out and just have two pints. The fact that I then need to drink a bottle of spirits and another six cans just so I can sleep and get to work the next day, that's lost on me. That's not part of it. I know. But the man. fact is, I managed to go out and just have two. I know. But I didn't manage to go out and just have two because of what I did when I got home. When you got back, yeah. I've done that. I remember I was with my missus, yeah, and she was like, right, you're not sniffing anything. I'm like, oh, I can have a couple of beers though, innit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had three beers, and this went on for a week. <laughs> I was gone. Yeah, because I remember doing that old, that old, I think I lost my license for the second time, and I thought, right, I definitely cannot drink and drive anymore. <laughs> I remember going around to my brother's house. So the drinking and driving was okay up to that moment? Yeah. I definitely can't drink and drive anymore. No, I, I, it was jail, wasn't it? And it was like, I can't do it anymore. I can't lose my license because I built everything back up. So I'd have a pint and a half of Stella. Probably still took me over a little bit. A pint and a half of Stella around my brother's. But as soon as that last drop went of that pint and a half, I was poof, straight home. And then carry on yeah, so you don't have to drive? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it just evades everything. Yeah, all right, you, you've got that whole thought of you do want to do it. Yeah, you, you do, right? But the knowledge of where you go when you do do it and still doing it anyway is, is not really okay, is it? Well, sometimes I used to... I knew what was going to happen. I kind of knew that if I took one drink, yeah. that, that would lead to a coke session, but I knew that I didn't want to have a coke session. So what I used to do, knowing full well that this would be the easier path to get over it, basically, so I'd have that drink knowing I'd be out of control. I wouldn't be able to stop myself. Mate, I was the same. Get that drink down your As neck. soon as I have one of anything. Well, for we, me, it's just about look at the evidence, really. Because the first time I really touched alcohol, I was 12. 
and I was at a party and I found the gin in the in the kitchen and so I was walking around with my orange juice that was quite full of gin and of course I'm knee high to a grasshopper at 12 so I was smashed very quickly and I'd been wanting to play pool with the older kids because I was caught in the middle mm. there was me in the middle then the older kids and the younger kids so I'm there trying to play pool I caused absolute chaos blacked out and everything and how I instinctively knew to put the gin in with the orange to try and make it look like I wasn't drinking and then I get up the next day and thinking what's all this about when my mum and dad are standing there looking at me I was oblivious it was the action of the irresponsible alcoholic straight away and every time I tried to drink reasonably I had a handful of successes where for some reason if I got there late or something and and that's actually going back to the time when licensing hours were a lot more strict mm-hmm. till I was 21 in fact no a bit older than that licensing hours were much stricter pubs weren't open Sunday afternoons they weren't open weekday afternoons mm. and on a Sunday night they close earlier and last orders was 11 o'clock mm. when I was first embracing my drunken career <laughs> so it was very different then and off licenses weren't open all the time either and there certainly weren't 24-hour supermarkets and there certainly weren't service stations that were selling booze overnight. Looking at the evidence, what I see is that every time I started drinking, there was no knowing when it would stop. No. Like, do you remember we used to have places like Victoria Wines? Yeah. And it was like, I don't know, like it was like a Marks and Spencer's but they only sold the wine. And then I look at the off-licenses now, like Michael's, and it's like, Oh yeah, he's got several of them, he's, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got several of them, and it is literally like I don't know what a warehouse, and everything's cheap. He's probably making a pound on each thing, but he's making a lot of money. It's just changed now, isn't it? It's like a little drug shop now. Availability is very different now to the way it was. Mm. However, I don't think that makes the issues experienced by alcoholics and addicts any different. No, because the fact is. When I was a student and I wanted a drink, it didn't matter if it was five o'clock in the morning, you could find someone somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Mate, you got them delivery apps, mate. <laughs> I suggest you use them. When I was a student, we didn't have apps. We yeah. certainly didn't have mobile phones. We used to ring the curry house and ask them to go next door to the alcohol license to buy us the wines or the drinks and then to deliver it to us and we'd pay them the money and, and give them a tenner. See if they used to do it for us. I remember those actual deliveries the first time they started. I was about 35, I think, when they first started doing those. Really? And you could just ring up and pay them by cheque. Yeah. And they came around with crates. That was fantastic, that was. There was, I think someone wasn't who was fantastic. For someone very unwilling to go out and decided, oh, I'm just going to drink myself stupid. Of course, it wasn't fantastic, no. no I was being no. facetious, really, Robert. Well, listen, if the meaning of our life is if we only help one person, it was worthless not being alive. It's worthless being alive, isn't it? And 100% man I think that's the whole point I think logic has limits man logically thinking it's got so much limited it's very very limited in this world when you actually think about everything we can't see and we can't sense and we don't know especially our limitations of logic today they don't serve me well man thinking about it it doesn't serve me well thinking logically because I tie myself in a rig and I've got a problem with my thinking or something's going on with the thinking step free from it at the moment it's kind of like what do I do like because I don't know anymore. Space, you know, I really, man. I really have, bro. I, I'm done. If we think it's not really meant to know, are we and stuff like that? I mean, it will all come clear, I'm sure, when we're uh, this, six foot under. Or yeah, yeah. But yeah. this is about the doing things meaningfully while I'm still here and I'm conscious. Mm. And 
and actually it's okay to have weeks that just seem to fly by so long as you reach a point where you can just stop for yourself and it's about making the way I live meaningful yeah. because when I'm drinking it's not meaningful well not for me it wasn't and while I did a lot of good things while I was still under the influence I did those things in spite of myself the career I might have carved out way back when if I'd not been drinking going back to what you were saying mm-hmm. about parallel mm-hmm. lives Ronnie mm-hmm. when I think about that that frightens me because I was incredibly good at what I did in spite of the booze yeah because I look at some of the jobs that I had in the midst of my alcohol and using and stuff and I think fucking hell if you got that job there and I was always getting promotions and stuff in work I was turning promotions down at work due to the fact that I knew that I'd earn more money not being promoted because in the trade that I was in it was the front line that earned the most money when you went further up if you was a good salesman that was oh you got a higher basic but you didn't get commissions yeah you know you commissions for selling the cars and, and more often than that I'd be being paid more than managers anyway and the, the hierarchy but they was getting a guaranteed wage where I had to make sure I sold them cars but it didn't yeah but that's often how sales works though isn't yeah. it yeah that actually you might want the security of being in the guy in the office but if you're successful out of the front no you want to keep doing that keep doing that yeah and that's that's it's perverse really because in a lot of jobs it doesn't work that way at all and a lot of jobs is you want to get moved up because you're just administrating and managing everyone else and you get paid more delegating what's going on i'm just not somebody that can sit in an office Oh, I couldn't do that. That's what got me when I got promoted in teaching because I was still, I was completely hands-on. And okay, while I finished what I did, going higher up was not really something I instinctively wanted to do. No. Because going right to the top meant that I wouldn't have been able to be hands-on in the way that I was. Because being in the very top tier, you're running the place and dealing with outside agencies. You're not dealing with children in teaching if you're right at the top. You can be a senior manager and still be completely engaged in everything and still mm-hmm. be very hands-on, but not when you get right to the top. See, it's like with the volunteering. I absolutely love it because I'm right there in the core of it, in the treatment centre and stuff like You get to sit with the people that you're trying to help, the organisation's trying to help, and I think it's magical. And I couldn't imagine going to, tapping on a, a 40 keyboard in this, that, and the I like to be around people and communicate and see people and annoy people. You know, just be an oars or be visible, <coughs> be visible, yeah, yeah, man, be part of part it? of, yeah, of a team, definitely. Ronnie, you're obviously not made to be sitting in an office, and I know that I'm not. I mean, I can cope with doing this mm. in here because I know what I do in here, yeah. and I've got strict things that I do, and then I've got other things that I do that yeah. aren't in an office. Imagine nine to five, but I couldn't do nine to five Clacky. every day, just sitting there. Even when I was engineering, man, it was uh, it was painful stuff, like. Because I was using as well, and, I f- and it was like a loud workshop. You're all angle grinding, you're welding, you're filling, so you've got the hoover going, or someone's banging, or it was loud, yeah? And I was hanging every single day. And I got a weld, yeah, and I'm sweating, because I'm welding Whoa. all day, and I'm just sweating like fuck, mate. Okay. Horrible, right? Walk in, and you take your key finger, you tap it on the thing, you put it back, and that was it. It was Groundhog Day. I hated horrible. that job. Horrible. And I remember thinking, like, <clears throat> if I was doing this stuff, creatively I would enjoy it and I was thinking now that if I could actually build something maybe if I'm a bit older and I've got a bit of a hobby I'll buy a TIG welder I'll buy a MIG welder and I'll make something I'd you know like I mean? making stuff I, I can make something like do some tables try shotting them with, or something but because I was working for someone else they did not care it was a very interesting job mate it was like we fitted Kevlar and bulletproof glass to fucking oh, yeah. politicians cars and 
I've done some cool stuff, man. I remember doing it like it was just cool, but then the, it was just I'd love to make a barge. A nice posh barge. Yeah, hard they are, bro. I know, but I'd, I'd always like to be able What, you want to live on a canal? No, well... Obviously. I'd like to live on a canal. I was going to say that. Right, no, to build it from scratch is a hobby, but yeah, oh, yeah. ultimately live on it as well, because I've always, for some reason, ever since as a kid, I've always, the, the idea of living on it, a barge is always appealing. But actually, doing that with the building from scratch yeah, would be scratch. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Central heating. Because every day you'd step off to the side, look at it, and think, oh, "I built that," mm. and it will bounce on the bottom. I like this. It'd be difficult. You'd have to do it. You'd have to have an alley chassis, probably, or wood. You need a big workshop. Yeah. You need a barn, basically. You need, you need, you need a bit, or you need to be at the bottom. So you need to build, get that solid. Mm. Yeah. Then maybe put that in the water and you know, oh, put, it'll put, be put everything else together. The fuel consumption would be poorer than most normal barges because it'd be triple. Locked in no drop of water getting in that thing. So <laughs> that one drop. It'll have underfloor heating. It'll have everything. Even room for a cat or a dog. Yeah, I suppose you might need that anyway, you know, if you were barging on your own. If I've got someone to drag around with me, then they can come along. That will be <laughs> quite a project. Well, you know, seeing as we're talking about change, that would be an extraordinary thing to take on, wouldn't it? Yeah. To, because it would be a long term project Yeah. that you'd have to really invest in. You'd have to seriously do some reading, bro. You wouldn't just be able to go buy materials and start. Just go to a hardware shop and get a bit All of right, I'm looking to make a I'm boat. I'm going to build a boat. <laughs> You're going to build a boat? Yeah. It's going to be the best boat I've ever built. How hard. many boats you built? Only this one. <laughs> well, no, I've not built one before, but hopefully I'm going to take it on a canal tour of the UK. Can you help me with it? <laughs> Can you do it for me? Listen, you go somewhere, right, and you say, look, I'm building a barge. Where do I start? And they'll go, right, get... You need that, 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 and that, and you need to stick it all together. And that's they work, it. mate. Ronnie, you're not going to get an IKEA flat pack barge kit. Yeah. You know that, that doesn't exist. You can't go around the warehouse. Oh, flat pack barge. Yes, can I have the yes, extra centrifuging boiler? Them, them geezers out there that build barges, they obviously at one point built their first barge. Oh yeah. So it's like what's his name in Vikings, isn't it? Floki, the one who builds the. Long boats, yeah, and yeah, he does yeah. them on his own, and you can Good see it's incredible. I had this dream. That's actually what they did. Yeah. I had this dream of building and living on a barge, and you, you guys have shattered it all my life. I've had this dream. No, You've man, shattered no, it. I don't think it's it should be shattered at all, Ronnie. I no. think it's a long-term project you'd have to invest in, and it would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. It'd be brilliant actually go and buy your first bit of kit, yeah. If you did it, plunking it on the wall for the first day, like yeah. And you need to do photos of of the whole thing as it happens. The whole project, yeah. From the first bit of wood, from the name thing. I'm going to carve the wood out of bonsai tree. (laughs) That would take a long time, wouldn't it? Because bonsai trees are not exactly large in their wood. B and Q sell them, fourteen ninety nine. What miniatures? Mm. You mean the? But how are you going to get any wood from them? Well, I don't know, you have to cut it off in slivers and then stick slivers. it all together like chipboard. I just wouldn't. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Think of the way it'd look. Yeah. It'd look amazing, actually. Wouldn't you need a few minions to speed up the process? Because it'd be hand carved, wouldn't yeah. it? And look at that! I'll provide employment to half the nation. <laughs> my boat. <laughs> What's your budget for this, Ronnie? Well, is there an imaginary budget or is there a real one? No, it's just you know, a bit of, bit of spare change, isn't it? Well, your savings. Out my savings. But you could buy a barge for not a lot, you know. 
Well, that's why I think really more probably a restoration. Yeah, a restoration yeah. would probably be Restoration easier. would be easier because the structure would already be there. Yeah, definitely a restoration. And if the structure's already there, at most you might rip it out and redo the interior. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. all you've got to do is check that the existing structure is still solid. Whereas if you're building it from scratch, that's where you need expertise, as in how to angle it, because you need curves, you need all sorts of things, don't you? I've got a massive love for rebuilding things, anything like that, like reviving it. Like, you know when you get a little, I shouldn't compare it, but you know you get a dog from a, one of them places because it's but been a dog's home. A dog's home, yeah. it's been abandoned on the street, and you nurture it back to this lovely, beautiful, little yeah. fluffy dog. Well, same with a boat. <laughs> Kind of, <laughs> not comparing dogs to boats, but yeah, that kind of thing, you know, bring, making it all nice and well, that. whatever floats. For some reason, it. it seems like a more interesting project than doing it with a house. It feels like sort of more personalised. This idea of doing your boat. You're very close to nature as well, aren't you? As well, wouldn't you? Because it'd be more. This is mine, wouldn't it? My. Because with a house, there must always be the back of your head thinking, I might have to sell this. Mm. This is my boat. Yeah. This is my boat. You can't it, come on. Yeah. No, boys only. Girls can't only. come on. I'm the king of the castle. No, you can't come on because your trainers are crap. No, no, you can't come on. You're dressed wrong. You just drive down the canal with a super soaker squirting people on the side of the canal. Like, Fuck you, you can't get me. <laughs> Spread the word. You could become a freelance lay preacher. Oh, come you could spread any word. It wouldn't have to be religious or AA or anything. You just spread random words. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it's that bloke who built his own barge and now goes around the country spouting strange incantations. <laughs> have you ever had your own word, which only you created and suddenly you hear somebody oh, a long time else ago, say, yeah. say it? And it's yeah. like, oh, it's got round. Do you know what? I probably have. Me and my brother used to have loads of sayings. They're not actually our own words. I suppose it was like two words made together that means something. Yeah. And no one else knows what oh, that means. Oh, yeah. I invented big fish, small fish, cardboard box. Well, I believe I did. I <laughs> well, I remember being it in the club. It sounds sufficiently strange. Big fish, small fish, cardboard box. And on that note, actually, we'll have to go and continuance on the big fish, small fish, cardboard box because we have exhausted the length and breadth of another programme. And it was all about change. <gasps> So do tell us the story next week. I will. I'll let you know my barge is getting on. Uh, but for now, we will love you and leave you. If you've heard anything today that has resonated with you, for yourself, for someone you know, for someone that's close to you, then please do seek help. There's plenty out there. And I do apologise for any background noise on this recording. There has been some sort of movement going on in the building, mm -hmm. which we have no. We're moving the building. We have no particular control. Mm -hmm. Unlike Ronnie's barge, we can't determine who comes into it and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we will be back next week. Mm -hmm. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be with you soon. Bye. Bye for now.